Hey, this is Jeff Delgado. You're listening to the Master of One podcast. You can reach me at Instagram at Jeff Delgado Art and Twitter at Jeff underscore Delgado. Welcome to another episode of the Master of One podcast, the podcast that's just 12 players shy of being on a winning football team. Part one this week, we talk about David LaHaya, the founder, and Civilization VI. I'm Andrew, your Master of Art and Design. I'm Patrick, your Master of Television and Film. And I'm Luke, your Master of Toys and Games. So throw on those pads, lace up those cleats, and limber up, because it's championship time. Don't leave with your helmet. kick every episode off by going around the table, which is where we talk about something new, fun, or noteworthy about our week. Patrick, what about you? My body growled for some reason <laughs> just then. I don't I don't know what it came from, but something inside me did that. Okay, so uh, a couple things. I don't I don't think I told y'all, but my uh, Iron Man uh, 2 print from Mondo came in, the one I got in the flat file cell. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's in this tube, and I just realized I don't feel like taking the time to open it and show it to you. So, <laughs> cool. <laughs> there you go. Well, there, there it is. <laughs> made it here. When I, I'll see y'all in person in, in uh, just a short amount of time, and when I do, I'll, uh, I'll unveil it. But let me just say this. Uh, seeing it online, it looked flat, and I almost thought it was like this like red gold like variation. It turns out it's like this pretty fluorescent orange. Okay. Like what I saw as being a red is like orange it looks way way better in person so uh super cool i feel like that's i mean that's typical right yeah just seeing it in person actually seeing the the real color yeah absolutely um so no the 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 big thing is i've been finally making it back out to the the movie theater which is great i had a little bit of a lull and uh split split is a film with uh james mcavoy it's it's the newest M, m night Shyamalan uh film and uh james mcavoy is the main character he's a a person that is uh 23 distinct personalities and uh and it's kind of about him and the the fabled 24th personality and and so in the previews you see that he he kidnaps uh these three girls and um and you don't know what's going on other than he struggles with a bunch of personalities he talks about the fact that like He's not allowed to touch them, at least one of the personalities, and something about the beast, and you just don't really know what happens, and I'm sure that everybody's been hearing about this spoiler being talked up and talked up and talked up. Um, You know, who am I to give it away? I won't. I mean, it's only been out for two weeks, I'll say this. Um, It was an enjoyable watch. I mean, it it is a thriller, kind of psychological thriller. It is a, I, I wouldn't call it a horror film by any means, but of course, it's it's very tense. Uh, this isn't jumpy parts? Not, not really. No, 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 not really. I okay. would say that that there's only a couple parts that that. I don't do jumpy would, parts. It, it's not jumpy. No, it's Luke not at all. It's not a jumpy part. There are a couple parts that like tension is really, really building very steadily. Like there are a couple times I like I kind of like dipped my eyes a little bit. Like I'm not sure. Like I want to see know what's, what's going to happen. You're like, ah, it's gonna scare me. No, 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 because you knew exactly what was happening, but it was like really slow and steady building into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it. I'm telling you, like, if you don't like scary stuff, 
that doesn't mean you should avoid this film. You can still enjoy this film. I don't like scary stuff. I still enjoyed the film. For me, I think it was a really solid, like, low B. Like, okay. I, I think it's I told bad. Spencer, like, no, it's not bad at all. It's it was, a, it was an enjoyable watch. My fear was that having all the personalities was that... Um, it was gonna the, the personalities were gonna play like caricatures. That that was my mm. fear is that that um yeah like it just it wouldn't be subtle enough or something like that and it would just end up feeling goofy. Right. That's not the case at all. Now the the film really primarily focuses on four of the personalities, but you still get to see the other ones and uh, really I don't I don't see how anybody could have played it really any better than McAvoy played it. I mean I thought he did a, a killer job. Um and you think the Johnny movie's Knoxville doing really well. Done it better? John Knoxville could not have done it better. Mm. Um, the movie's doing really well. This is the second week that it's been number one at the box office, which is That's nuts. Than I mean, I, it's better than like the last four of then Titanic's run currently. You mean? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Then like this week, it's better than like the last three or the last four of M Night Shyamalan's films. So M Night's films. But um, it's actually doing really well, um, and uh, and I think rightfully so. It is Do you an think enjoyable it's doing film. Doing so well the second week because everybody talked about the spoiler from the first week. Like it hasn't been spoiled, but people are like, "Oh my gosh, the spoiler was so nuts! Like amazing!" I was on like. Here's no, I mean here. Well, here's my opinion. I I have two opinions. Uh, number one, I think reviews matter a lot. You know, I, I would like to believe that people will go see stuff and that, um, you know, they'll kind of like forget about the critics and um, at least in some cases, you know, but it, critics mean a lot to a film. And uh, this film critics has been getting. Everything. Well, sure. But it's just I mean, like you can a film can really be sunk. Um, a very good film can be sunk just because people kind of decide to have bias against it. Sure. And I think that people have been very positive about the film. I think the reception has been uh, very good. And I, th- I think that sh- that has shown. So I think part of the reason it's doing so well is just the critical reception because it, it has been doing decently well. I think it was certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes and things like that. Um, I think knowing there is a twist and people getting excited about the twist, of course, I think that helps. But I would also say that I don't know that it was really up against much this week. I mean, like Gold, the Matthew McConaughey film, I think this might have been the first week for that, but I'm not sure. The marketing has been pretty bad uh, as far as that goes. Um, The Founder... I think that was really last weekend. So what's what's it up against Resident Evil and Triple X? Like yeah. I, I think it's probably if you're going to go out to the theater, this is probably one of the only few things that's even worth watching, in my opinion. So, um, so I think it's a combination of things. But anyway, enjoy the film. Uh, it was a decent watch. It's more thriller than it is horror, and um, and there's that twist. So which you know, I I wouldn't go for the twist. Go for the film. McAvoy does a great job. Um, but yeah, that's that. So Andrew, why don't you take over? Yeah. So, um, this week has been kind of a, uh, whirlwind of all sorts of different things. Um, I got some art in, I saw a movie and I have been, uh, watching some TV. So I'll just give kind of a brief hit on all of those. I saw La La Land. Um, and it's again for the first time I had never seen it. So how did you wait that long? It's a long story, but um, it is incredible. I've been listening to the album ever since. Um, it's just it's great. Um, and 
just knowing that Ryan Gosling, like the what he did to you know for that part is just incredible, and I'm I'm immensely uh, he has a ton of respect for me for that. So um, that movie was great. I've been watching The Magicians, so these are yeah. just a little bit more like me picking up some of the some of the master categories you guys have brought over the yeah, past yeah. few weeks. Um, so I've been watching The Magicians. Um, wow, that show is intense. Are you on? Did you um, started season one. Yeah, I started season okay. one. So, so season two just um, just started. So. I'm almost done with season one. It's good, man. Um, it's the way that I would describe it is it's kind of like Harry Potter if Harry Potter were on free form, like ABC Family free form or whatever, with cuss words. Sure. <laughs> like it's it's more of a teenage angsty version of um Yeah, everybody it's is like very my, stereotypical. It's like, it, it's, like, it's like my pretty liars mixed with Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's how I would yeah, let's say that's that. how I would yeah. uh, and argue, some people you know, hate that. that. Uh that explanation but yeah I mean, I, and i typically don't i don't typically like shows like that but i like the undertones of uh of the magic and stuff i think it's it's really yep. well done um and it's dark yep. it's pretty dark yep um and then the other thing is i got uh uh back in the, the towards the end of 2000 like in the fall of 2016 um there was a show going on and our friend mark morris uh over at squared co um uh picked up for me because he knew that I wanted this piece from Hero Complex Gallery. It's uh, Alfano, um, or Alfano, however you want to pronounce it. It's by Vance Kelly, and it's a twelve or uh, 24 by 36 screen print of Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, and it's yeah. the most beautiful movie poster. Um, it, it depicts all the main characters from the film in this uh, really kind of mysterious like a luminescent blues and greens and then go figure the whole thing does glow in the dark. Nice. Um, it's beautiful. So he got that, he sent it to me um, and it finally came in today or the other day and uh, it's, it's flattening on my table right now. I got to go get a frame for it. It's beautiful. So Pan's Labyrinth is one of my top 10 favorite movies um, and this does the film justice for sure. So, uh, you can still pick it up. There's still at least a handful of them over at uh, hero complex gallery. We'll put the, the link in the show notes. Um, but, uh, go to, uh, HCG, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I don't know why I started to re- read it's, off the thing. I don't know why. It's hcgart.com. Yep. How about I know, that? I was going to actually read the whole thing, and I'm like, there's numbers and things. And, and I, here's no. the thing, too. If you go right now, whoa, never mind. They just missed it. There was a sale for 25% off, but it literally ends while we're recording this. So uh, that sucks. if you're listening now, you missed it by like six hours. Sorry, guys. Missed it by that much. Um, but so it's blacklight uh, fluorescent ink as well. So it's not just uh, glow in the dark. It's blacklight as well. So um, it's really cool. It's trippy and fun. If you like that movie, if you're a fan of Guillermo del Toro, um, it does justice big time for that. So um, that's been my week. Uh, Luke, take us home on that one. All right. Um, yeah. So this week, um, man, it's been a good week. It's been a lot. Um, but I, I had some time, some downtime. So I was, uh, making some houses and some terrain for D and D. So I started watching some shows, catching up on stuff. And I started watching the good place. Have you ever, you seen that with Ted Danson and Kristen Bell? Um, I have not. it's about I've heard her. Of it. I've she, heard of it. she goes to the afterlife and Ted Danson is, uh, he plays Michael. Um, and you find out that, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, their interpretation it's uh interpretation of what the afterlife is like and um 
it's funny. There's a twist uh, in the beginning of the show that you know she might not be where she should be, um, and then she, it's the whole season is her trying to figure out you know what how to hide it or what to do or how to be a better person or all this stuff. And it's, it's really funny. It's smart writing. It's good. It's not, um, yeah, it's, it's not hokey or anything. It's, it's just, I love that dancing. It's, it's worth watching. Uh, it's on Hulu and you can pick it up on demand on NBC and all that stuff. Um, and then I watched, um, Patrick, you said that, uh, you know, critics are important or critics can make or break a movie. I watched a documentary, called city of gold and it's about um this cr- restaurant critic named jonathan gold um out of la and just the story of him um how he went from being like a a writer um kind of like in the punk scene uh he grew up uh uh his his parents were like professors and he was like has a classical music background but then like kind of grew up in the punk scene started writing about it then transitioned sure. into f- writing about food and being becoming a food critic and now he's like one of the most well-known food critics in the world um but his whole thing is he takes like he'll re- he'll review everywhere in LA um so like food carts to like mom and pop shops and all this stuff and and his whole thing is like I I want to give everybody a chance, not just like the big restaurants of, you know, all the guys you see uh, uh, that are like judges on like Top Chef and stuff like it's, you know, those all those people are there. But then also like the people that like immigrated and and how their family has like started this restaurant back in the 70s or 80s and come up through and just like uh, giving everybody a chance um if they make good food he's going to tell people about it and he's very honest with his his reviews and um it's cool it's just kind of like a day in the life of him and his history and just how he views his job um and it gives you a really cool like um look into the la food scene um Kogi was was in the movie. Uh, we had Kogi at Reimagine, um, and yeah, we yeah. talked about that. Um, it was cool. It's a good. It's I saw it on Hulu actually, so you can you can watch it on Hulu. I don't know if it's on Netflix or whatever, but if you have Hulu, you can watch it now, or you can get it on Amazon, I'm sure, or something like that. But it's called City of Gold, and it's uh, it's a good watch. Um, but that's about it, man. Sounds right. good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would totally watch that. All right. Uh, that's it for our Around the Table. Up next, Master Categories. So our Master Categories section every week is when we talk about the tokens we drew the week before at random, and they give us the category. Then we pick the topic based on that category. Now that you're all caught up, Patrick, why don't you tell us about your category? Oh, my gosh. I told you the movies were happening. So for my Master Category, I am talking about The Founder. So the founder is the uh, latest, I guess, a vehicle for Michael Keaton, but it tells the story of Ray Kroc, and so Ray Kroc is, um, let me take a step back, it tells the story of McDonald's, basically. So McDonald's was started by two brothers Um, in the movies, they're referred to as Dick and Mac McDonald, um, and they have started a successful chain, they refer to it as an overnight success 30 years in the making. Um, which is what I love hmm. from the film. And uh, Ray Kroc is a salesman. At the time, he's a, uh, a mixer salesman that, you know, they order six mixers from him, which is a huge order. And he goes to check it out and he just, he becomes completely enamored with what he finds and 
basically decides it needs to be his. Now, before I jump into reviewing the movie, I want to tell a couple cool things real quick. Number one, the first scene in the movie is is him doing his his spiel, like it's it's him like trying to sell a mixer, hmm. and it's and it's a it's a it's a uh, kind of speech you hear him give like many times throughout the film. The place he's trying to sell it at is a place called Griffiths Drive Through that my mom used to actually work at when she what? was younger. And it's in Griffin, Georgia, but in the movie they say it's in Illinois, but it's not. Huh. Um, and it was just really funny because like he's doing his whole spiel and stuff and he walks outside and it's a place I've eaten at many times. And it's it was just a fun little thing um, to see. Hmm. Uh, and also So you my, were in this film essentially. Yeah, basically I was That's cast in awesome, the film. Dude. Dude, yeah. congratulations, man. Um, you have your own then, That's uh, the coolest now. thing you've ever done. Yeah, that was it. Is uh, <laughs> Having yeah, had was... eaten at this place once when you were younger. Yeah. So yeah, go see the film. That's that's it. Okay, so well, anyway, um, I can tell you more. Yeah, please do. So anyway, so the the point is, so Michael Keaton plays the role of Ray Kroc, and uh, again, he's the uh, he is the persistent salesman. That That's kind of the theme that comes up over and over and over, is that there are plenty of talented people that don't amount to anything there are plenty of geniuses um that 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 don't go anywhere that have unrealized potential and the the only trait that is common among successful people is persistence so that's the idea of the film is that persistence that if you just push for something over and over and over you don't have to be the smartest person in the room you don't have to be the 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 most whatever you just have to be the most persistent yeah. and just stay focused on what you want and so that's the point that Michael Keaton is driving home and so uh, Dick and Mac McDonald are, are played by Nick Offerman and John Carroll Lynch and of course they are two people that they've they've worked hard they've absolutely worked hard to ultimately kind of build their dream together and um, but maybe what they built. You know, I, I should say this. Maybe it's possible that Ray Kroc, who comes along, has an even bigger dream than they ever had, right? And sees something bigger that they never saw. And so, um, anyway, the, the the film plays out. It does fairly decently follow history. So, if you know the story, there then there is nothing to spoil. I mean, ultimately... Um, and, by the way, if you find this a spoiler, I am going to go ahead and, like, say where we get to. Again, since this happened... Uh, you know, In 50 years ago, I feel like it's okay to say, <laughs> sure. but it's like spoiling the Titanic. But ultimately, what it, what it plays out is is Ray Kroc uh, realizes through the help of um, it's the the actor B J Novak, but it's it's Harry uh, Sonborn. Uh, he realizes that if he buys the land that and then tells people where they can franchise they can only franchise on his land then he can just set up these leases where people have to lease from him and if they don't keep up the quality he can just cancel the lease so he can control the restaurant without controlling the restaurant because all he has to do is control the property so basically your control stops at the door but anything below the floor outside the door is his and so what he ends up doing is once he's amassed this big company that's basically a real estate company, once he understands this principle, he ends up buying up the land that the Brothers McDonald sits on. And then he threatens to um, – he basically leads with – without saying it, he says that you're either going to sell out to me or I'm going to uh, make it hell for you and I have the money to make it hell for you. Uh, because at that time he he owned the property for their location, and um, hmm. yeah, so it's a uh, it's really really smart how it ends up getting there. Now let me say this: 
um, from what I understand, Raycroc was known to be a basically uh, one of the lines in the movie. If your opponent is, if your like opponent is drowning, are you willing to stick a water hose in their mouth? Type person, hmm. and that was the attitude of Ray Kroc. Um, whereas, uh, especially in the movie, uh, you know, Dick and Mac McDonald are are played up as uh, just kind of like good old. Uh, I want to say Southern boys, but they're from California. But you know, like good old salt of the earth, like hardworking uh, blue collar guys. They, and they just want to treat everybody fairly. Sure. Like, in fact, I think in their payout. Uh, they were going to get paid out two percent, and they said no. That seemed like a little; it'd be a little bit greedy. So they only wanted one point nine percent. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like <laughs> like ultra fair, whatever. Even though there were two of them, and just splitting two percent would be very simple. No, yeah, I know. It's <laughs> but it's just it's this idea of like um, they're just salt of the earth kind people, and that basically um, you know Ray Kroc is this wolf. Now I don't think they played that up enough in the film i don't think that there was enough of that um tension or drama between the characters because what you end up having is you end up having dick mcdonald just nick offerman just sounding frustrated all the time you have john carol lynch's character just being like oh it'll get better and then you have michael keaton just doing whatever he feels like doing but no one is really like standing in any person's way like, they're each just doing their own thing, um, and they're not really, like, interacting with each other. Now, part of that is just geographical, but I think part of that is, I don't know if they were trying to strike a certain tone in the movie, if they didn't want it to get too dark, or if they didn't want to get too much into business lingo or what, but um, it really made it seem like Michael Keaton was pretty unhindered in what he was doing, even though he was actively stealing two people's dream from them to the point that even his business cards, he started referring to his store, which was store number seven, as he started referring to it as location number one, and he started putting the founder on his business cards, even though two other guys founded it. Like, hmm. he's literally actively stealing and ripping off from these people um, right in front of their faces, and yet in the film... Again, it, it feels nearly unhindered to watch it unfold. So I was disappointed with that. The other thing is um, the cut of the film was kind of weird. Now, I think that it had, if I remember right, it had tested kind of poorly at the end of last year. I don't know if they recut a few pieces of it. I, I don't know. Maybe this is the film, that the same film that people were seeing in of last year. Maybe they changed some pieces, but the cut felt kind of bad in a couple places and it's hard to explain exactly where I think it's something if you watch that there'll just be some things that feel a little bit off. Uh, the last piece is just the, the performance of the thing. Now, when you have a movie that's based on, a fa- let's say like, let's say we have a film about Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Well, we all grew up seeing videos of Michael Jackson. We kind of know what the movements look like. We kind of know what the, 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 the whatever the expressions we, we kind of know what feels like that okay i don't know what ray Kroc was like and so because of that i don't know what level of michael keaton's performance was ray Kroc the way people knew ray Kroc, or what level was just michael keaton playing it how he felt it should be played mm. that being said there's these kind of like long awkward pauses at times and it, he comes across as a guy that's always, always like thinking like all the time, but yeah. it always seems like the action that's happening uh, is not nearly to the same level as like 
kind of the tension on his face or like the obvious thinking that's happening. There seems like there's a disconnect in some ways. Uh, and again, maybe all that's purposeful, um, but it felt a little weird to me. So uh, overall, I actually really, I personally actually really enjoyed the film. I would go see it again. I would recommend people to watch it again. The um, I think the moral, even though it's about a guy's, you know, the way they would say it, basically stealing from two other people. I think there's actually a pretty good moral wrapped up in it. And uh, I actually like the I, the the principle behind it. Um, I do think the performances were a little odd, and I don't think there was enough conflict, um, at least not directly with the three main characters. But I still think it's a worthwhile watch. Did you leave so that, wanting to eat McDonald's? I literally went and got a burger after I left. Cool. That, uh, that went. So it's working. It, that worked. It's working. Well, I, here's the thing. I just don't... They should go and just give you a hamburger with your ticket. It's pretty ridiculous to expect to watch a two-hour movie about McDonald's and then not immediately need to have McDonald's. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it was good. It was worth it. So, anyway, uh, I do recommend seeing the film. I absolutely do recommend seeing the film. Um, I think you will enjoy it. One out of uh, ten? Uh, you know, it's, it's a, a super solid eight. It's a very solid eight. Cool. You know, I think they were hoping that it was going to be an Oscar contender, and I totally get that it why it wasn't. I mean, maybe I think it was a, a good more film, but maybe. Yeah, nothing. Nothing again stood out to me as just being like over the top amazing. Um, I, I will say so. This is these are my uh, last two things that I'll just leave you with. Uh, number one, uh, the the internet and the you designers out there are incredible. Someone has al- already pointed out that in one of the banners in the movie, they're using the font uh, ITC machine, which wasn't released until 1970, even though it's supposed to be like year 1954. <laughs> So the the fact that people pick up on that kind of stuff is always amazing to me. And the last thing is apparently the Ethan brothers um, were initially uh, being offered the movie and turned it down for uh, they were interested, but their schedule with Hell Caesar was going to prevent them from really like actually doing it. Uh, so maybe go see the film and then maybe imagine what it might have looked like if the Ethan brothers uh, were the so driving when you say forces. The Ethan brothers, it. you mean the Cohen brothers? Oh my gosh, Joel and Ethan Cohen. Yes, I do. Cohen brothers. Okay, I was just, just picking one of their names. It's fine. It's cool. You know, it felt weird, but I was just gonna <laughs> still go with it. But yes, Joel and Ethan, one of them. Um. Anyway, but the point is, just imagine what it might have been like if the Coens were directing the film. Um. Anyway, but yeah, Will worthwhile do. watch. Solid eight. Uh, All right, Luke, toss it in two. Luke, go ahead Me? and take okay. over. Yes. Um, I had uh, TV and f- nope, <laughs> toys and games. <laughs> um, TV and nopes. Uh, I'm going to talk about. So I'm t- I'm talking about Civilization Six. Um, so this is the sixth game in the Civilization franchise. Um, it is uh, it's a simulator game. So it's a uh, it's uh, it's on PC. Um, you basically you get a uh, a kind of um arc type of people like whether it's like romans or greek or vikings or uh aztecs or whatever and you just kind of take them from like uh way early in civilization up to the modern era and the atomic era and um by 
doing resources, building armies, building your cities, building more cities, building uh, farming and agriculture and government and all this different stuff. And it's a simulator and you, um, it's fun, really simple graphics. Um, but man, it is complex. Once you start adding that stuff in, um, it almost seems like, uh, you don't have enough time every turn. So it's, it takes, it's a virtual board game. So the, the game takes place over like 250 odd turns, something like that. Um, and you're, you're playing against virtual people or you can play online with actual people, um, to, to compete to who has the best civilization. Um, and you can win one of six different ways, whether it's, um, uh, just by destroying everybody else in wars or, um, making other cities like start to follow you by influencing politically or through religion or, um, I mean, there's just so many different things. There's six different ways to win. Um, but there's a whole lot to do in the game. Um, have either of you played a civilization game at all? I have not. No. Okay. No. So, uh, it's, it's complex. Um, it doesn't look complex if you look at it. If you look at the, the graphics, um, they look good. They're polished. Uh, but it looks kind of like Catan, like an animated Catan. Um, it's all hex-based, and each thing goes in a different hex, whether it's a farm or a mine or... Uh, you mean it's like a hex- hexagonal pieces for the map, yep, is what yep, you're saying? exactly. Okay. Um, but just the way that you can uh, change policies in your government, and then you can also choose on what to um, research and, and the way you want to um, go with like your um, your city if you want to focus on like science or religion or uh, you know whatever else. Um, it's very complex in how you can build your world and add different cities and add trade routes and all this different stuff and, and then di- diplomacy th- with other nations. Um, it's really fun. Really, really fun game. It's won uh, multiple awards for Game of the Year last year. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you like simulation games, if you like strategy games, it's uh, it's a good pickup. I've, I've was hearing a lot about it, and I finally was able to snag it. Um, it was a Steam sale, I think. And uh, it was it's worth it. It's really good. So if you're if you're on and you want to play, let me know. Um, yeah, it's super super good. I love the graphics for it. Just looking at their website, it it looks like a uh, a very uh, intense version of like SimCity. Yeah, I mean that's pretty <laughs> like, much what it is. Except it's a world. It's a it's a whole civilization, not just a city. So it's cool. So it's Sim World. Yeah. Um, cool. All right, you tossing it to me? Yeah, I guess you're the only one left. All right. Well, thanks for your rousing endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> I may be tired or drunk. I can't tell that it may be both. Um, so, so I had art and design, and um, this week was is a little bit different for me because um, I was introduced on the Tonight Show by I was not introduced on the Tonight Show. <laughs> 
Yeah. On so the when did this happen? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I buried the lead. I was on the Tonight Show this week, and uh, no, um, I was watching the Tonight Show this week, and there was a uh, musical artist on there that I had not heard of before, but I listened to his music, and um, and it was it was good. But even more than that, when when Jimmy Fallon showed the album art, I was completely like I was completely submerged in it. His name is John Bellion. And he his his newest album just went platinum. Um, his newest album is called uh, "The Human Condition." And anyway, I went and looked him up and and tried to figure out who did his album art. Well, come to find out, the same guy that did this album art did has done all of his album art, and he has man probably fifteen. 15 different uh, pieces of artwork that he's done for different album releases. Mm-hmm. Um, this, so the artist's name is, uh, I'm going to try to say this without messing it up. I fully expect that I me- am messing this up completely, but David Ardenares, Ardenarius Lohaya. All right, Lohaya. Um, I could be totally butchering that. And if I did, if I am, no, I'm sorry. I think that was absolutely it. <laughs> but his work is insane. So it's very cartoony. It almost has a Disney flair to it, but um, has more realism than Disney. Uh, I don't know how to describe it other than to say uh, it takes a bit of whimsy, a little bit of exaggerated features like the eyeballs are a little bit bigger than they would normally be. The mouth is a little bit bigger. But um, generally, the the he, he captures figures very, very well. Um, so if you go on... Um, to John Bellion's site, you can see all of his different ones. I think one of my favorite ones, there's a, there'll be a link to this in the show notes. Um, but there is, uh, on the website genius.com. Um, so if you go to that link on the show notes, you'll be able to see a, a full category, uh, category, or not category, a full catalog of all of the different ones that he's done for him. Um, but he just has this, this, uh, feel about him that's almost like a, um, a, uh, a colored version of what Noah Elias does. Okay. You see what I'm saying? I can see that. Like how Noah, Noah Elias with his, with his, um, with his proprietary work, sure. not like his Disney work like or whatever, but with stuff. Noah, yeah, the kid and me stuff. It's very reminiscent of that. Um, it, it, I love it so, so much. I can't say enough about it. Um, just go check it out. It's it's very colorful, very fantasy driven, um, but it's just it's just rad. Go check out his uh, David's Instagram. It's just David underscore Ardenaris underscore Lohaya, um, and his work and follow him. And his work is just incredible. So um, that's all that I had. I, I was just very rarely does album art get me to listen to an artist, but I've been listening to that artist. Uh, it was, so today I, it was a balance between La La Land and John Bellion. And it was just bouncing back and forth between oh. those two, um, uh, albums. So, uh, very, very cool. Check out his work. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, we did it. Is that all? Yeah. All right, we made it through. So that is this episode. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you can find show notes and links on mofonepodcast.com where you can also find archives and you can sign up for our Slack channel in there. Slack is a great place for you to get connected uh, throughout the week and the community there is so amazing. Such talented people in there and they're so cool. So join that. It's just mofonepodcast.com slash Slack. Check out the archive in there. Um, we have an incredible guest coming up this week. Um, I don't want to tell you who she is, except I do want to tell you who she is because 
she has a deal that you might miss out on if you wait to yeah, hear about her sale. until Friday. Tomorrow. So she has a tube sale. Her name is Tracy Ching. Her um her go to her Instagram, which is just at Tracy Ching, um, and you can uh get involved in her tube sale, which is tomorrow. So if you listen to this on release date, it's Wednesday. Um and but, uh Can I just jump in? I mean yeah. I, I love some of the artists we talk to and we see so much good art. Absolutely. Uh, Tracy, maybe um, she might be my favorite. She wow. like just her, her style. I at least need to put her in like my top three, but something about her stuff, just like the colors that she uses, the, the edge style she does. I'm telling you, like go you right buy one of these in tubes all the places, huh? in all the fields. She, I, and- it, touches me where yeah that's hmm. it where yeah it great to. that's fantastic um go check out her work the tube sale is tomorrow uh and you can get you can get some really good stuff for not a lot of money she she talked to us a little bit after the record told us some of the stuff that's going out there if you get involved in this you will get something amazing i promise um but her her interview episode is so great she is a fantastic person um she's so much fun to talk to you'll find out within the first two minutes that it's just going to be a blast she's so much fun so um so anyway check out her site and don't miss out on her tube sale because uh once stuff is gone it's gone she's got uh she's got limited supply so um hop on there and do that um you can also support us on patreon patreon is a great way for you to help support what we do here on the show if you like what we do kick in a dollar maybe five uh if you if you do five dollars you can become a patron who's at our blooper level and you get a blooper episode every single month it's usually 30 plus minutes of uh of just funny ridiculous stuff that you don't get any other way and you get access to our patron channel on our slack um on our slack page so um do that it's it helps us out a ton another way to help us is to subscribe to the show subscribe on itunes and stitcher and then rate and review the show because when you do that it is super helpful uh it doesn't take you a lot of time doesn't cost you anything but it helps us out tremendously and when you do that we will read your uh review on the show right patrick that's absolutely right um so i'm guessing we don't have any new ones most recent correct nothing new okay at least not from this country Another thing you can do is just check us out on Instagram. Uh, just go M of One Podcast. We're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook as well. There are contests going on. One is wrapping up very, very soon. Um, and that is our Make Comic Sans Cool Again uh, a post or gra- contest, whatever it is, challenge that uh, Jetpacks and Roller Skates Blake Stevenson put out. I've seen at least one entry for it, and it is it's good. Um, so the, the rules are pretty simple. Do any art post that includes the text, uh, that, that includes the font comic sans, um, and make it non ironically cool. So, uh, the, the, the quest is to find out if, uh, comic sans is objectively bad or if it can be used in certain contexts and actually work, um, creatively. So, uh, get out there and you can win some great stuff from Jetpacks, uh, some artwork from him. Um, it's honestly, it's worth your time. And then, uh, we have our Disney giveaway or Disney art giveaway with Jared Mariama. You've got a couple more, you've got like a week and a half more to, to play with that one. And that's just, uh, making some art piece that has a Disney character, your favorite Disney character set in one of the Epcot Pavilion uh, countries. And that's it. Um, it can be any kind of medium. You can draw it. You can paint it. You can digitally do whatever. You can sculpt it. You can you can make stuff with your macaroni art. I, whatever. But just do that. 
and hashtag it M of one challenge, tag Jared Mariama in it, tag us in it so that you can be entered into the contest. You can win a custom piece of artwork from Jared Mariama and other Disney goodies. Um, there's no reason not to do it. Honestly, it's just a ton of fun. So, um, I think that's everything. Am I missing anything guys? No, nope. I think that's it. Okay, great. So we're going to get out of here. I'm Andrew. I'm Patrick. I'm Luke. Peace out. Bye. Hold on to your butts. Sleep on me Feel the rhythm in my chest Just breathe I will stay So the lantern in your heart won't fade The secrets you tell me I'll take to my grave There's bones in my closet But you hang stuff anyway And if you have nightmares, we'll dance on the bed Uh, I know that you love me, love me Even when I lose my head, guillotine Guillotine Even when I lose my head, guillotine Welcome to another episode of the Master of One Podcast, the podcast that's just 12 players shy of being on a winning football team. Part one this week, we talk about divided minds. (laughs) (laughs) I said divided minds. The words I I was trying to say, David LaHaya. Well, we got a blooper, so cool. Dance on the bed. I know that you love me, love me. Even when I lose my head, guillotine. Guillotine.